0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm Anne-Marie Lockhart, and my guest today is K.J. Hannah Greenberg. Connie, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: My pleasure. It's always good to work with you.
0: I, You know, we, um, we got... Into such a conversation before the show went live that um, we well we already know what we're talking about which is kind of a good thing but it just it just took us in so many different directions that now um, what I want to do is have you read a poem and uh, I want it to be from a bank robber's bad luck with his ex girlfriend. And I think, I I don't know if you have it there. If you don't, we'll take a minute for you to get it. But I would like for you to read a special dance, if you have that at your fingertips. okay. I pulled
1: up a different file. What a special dance
0: is? You know, let me see what page it's on, because I got that right in front of me. Hold on. Um,
1: Special dance. I'm looking. Meanwhile, let me talk to you. Emory do such amazing things with Vox Politica. the 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 regular issues the books the the blog radio i mean you are such a uh, a big energy in the poetry world i'm I'm so glad to know you I found it thirteen page thirteen <laughs> <laughs> but 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 for sure, folks listening, if you ever have the pleasure to work with such a wonderful editor you're you're blessed indeed.
0: Well, I am fortunate to have people like you to work with to get this stuff going. I mean, without you, there's no work to do. So it's it's such a two-way street, and it's such an amazing creative experience to work with people who are so gifted, talented, and positive. Positivity being uh, such an important part of what we do. Um, hey, they dance off each other, yeah. right? <laughs> hey, well, Exactly. It's a, it is a dance. Like you're going to read a poem now called the special dance. Well, this whole thing is yeah. a dance. Yeah, let's hear
1: it. <laughs> Special dance. It could not be this special dance could blind us past this special trance. It could not seem our special pair could bring us worse than we have here. It could not be. It will not be this call once heard could bring us worse than ancient word. It will not be this mating song could leave us short or bring us wrong. It will not be. So love beware. So love be warned. There are the lows. There are the harms. But our embrace will shield our hearts, will sponsor us, will prove our start. It must be.
0: And this comes in a section of the book called Hope, and we can see why it is in that section because it is a very hopeful poem. Um, when you put what the book you together. That? Yeah. from that? What? Well, I Hello? was th- thinking about this. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I got you. I was thinking about the progression um, in the story. And when you and I were talking about publication, we we had a few different concepts on the table, but this is the one we settled on, and I, I feel really strongly that it was the right one. Tell me a little bit about the way you selected the poems for the particular work. What was the arc you had in mind?
1: I wanted to show the progression people, and in this case I'm a warden person, a female people, make in negotiating the relationships. The first section is called hope, and I see it as young love. The second section is called hurt, and I see it as the lessons of life that people get past the idealism and start to get a little realistic living and the third part is highways, you know, continuing on the road. And, and maybe as middle-aged gals and more in that section. But I, I, I see our ability to negotiate relationships, understand relationships, celebrate relationships as being a very imperfect progress through life.
0: And it, you do cover, all, I mean, pretty much all the bases in the book of, you know, the the stages of <laughs> idealism and and reality and and, uh, all that goes with it. Um, And you do it in an interesting way because one of the hallmarks, I think, of your writing is a very playful use of language, playful and um, innovative. And your poems that are in this book, um, really chock full of games with words, so, when you're when you're putting this kind of a book together, do you consider craft of each poem as, as important as theme and placement, or is that something that you don't think about because it's so, so
1: important to what you do by its own nature? Well, when I was in kindergarten in the 1960s, I'm one of those middle-aged gals, <laughs> uh, There was a special <laughs> toy we had that had polygons, I have no idea what it was called, and Triangles were maybe yellow, um, hexagons were maybe blue, I don't remember, but different pieces, maybe some of the listeners out there remember it, it was very thin pieces of wood and it came with a frame and you could range the polygons in different patterns, something like looking through a kaleidoscope but not necessarily, so that mm-hmm. each piece had its beauty, its color, its attributes, and yet depending how they were laid together, the pieces made different and beautiful patterns. So to me, there's patterning within individual poems. Like some of these poems, like the one I read, are rhymed, fairly traditional, um, and some of them are very contemporary and not rhymed. Um, I, I think there's a lot of beauty out there, and and so each of them individually could be, hopefully, is um, attractive in and of itself, and yet. As um a mosaic or a montage, hopefully another texture is created by the way they're layered together
0: mhm i I think they do each stand on their own i do they they are they're a joy to read each one by itself. You could linger over each one for a long time, thinking in a totally out of context of the book as well as then in its own place. um well, I have Thanks. to mention something here which is um. And Hannah is a Jersey girl. Um, n- even though she is now in Israel and has been for a while, uh she's still and always will be at heart a Jersey girl and this is something that uh, readers need to know because um I think it's a I think it it is an element of your writing along with a bunch of other things, but it's relatable and recognizable to me, kind of uh, same language <laughs> kind of a feeling when I read it.
1: <laughs> I, I don't keep the big hair anymore though, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> We're going to have to have a visit and go back to it.
1: Lots <laughs> to well, <we'll> talk about?
0: <laughs> um, but but in in light of that, what I wanted to add was, you know, Jersey goes global, and you are also um, a, a very very widely published around the world author. And I want to know what that's like. You know, your work has appeared in the U.K. It's appeared, you know, you can go down a list of places for the readers. Australia, I think. You know, tell us a bit about what that journey
1: is like for you. Um, I I guess I haven't figured out what growing up is yet. And and you're right when you say words are, are playful for me. Um, I, I did my stint in academia scaring college kids and graduate students about words. They were scared because I was excited about all kinds of abstractions. I've been a rhetoric professor. Um, but I've always loved words. I've, I've loved, um, just like I love ceramics and incorporating shards of glass in ceramics, which gives a special quality of light and color,
0: mm-hmm. words do mm-hmm
1: are a medium, I mean it sounds so trite, so cliche, but I build things out of words and that's the kid me playing with blocks, playing with those polygon pieces in kindergarten, somebody out there, tell me what the name of those sets were it's a person in me who <laughs> takes paint, makes paintings, and gardening. I, I had such a wildflower garden when we lived in Jersey. Not near, little neat rows, but clumps of flowers, and flowers that, that, that were good neighbors to each other and kept bugs away, and then separate flowers that the, the, the little critters would eat so they wouldn't eat my plants that I wanted. And all of that was intentional and purposeful and wonderful and imagine until, you know, the neighbors and the kids would come over and we'd make clover crowns or we'd pick um, things that people call beads and we'd make salads out of them because it's, it's all wonderful. It's, it's the use, it's the placement. And, and to me, words are like that. Words are power we humans are given and we can make beautiful constructions out of them or, or God forbid, we can, we can do very harmful things with our words. And and to me, mm. it's... It, it, a big toy room. It's it's exciting. So how does get me to publications all over the world? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I play for things and then I offer something up. Oh, would you like this show? Would you over here like this little glass bobble? And, and 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 people have patted me on the head so to speak and said, Yeah, we like your shows, we like your baubles. Um and I've gotten to know lots of editors like yourself who know me personally, not just a name on a submission anymore, and in turn, like yourself, have suggested links with other editors, other connections, and so it's sort of organic the way my wildflower garden used to grow in New Jersey, is that there's there's an intention in the initial clumps and there's an intention in the relationship of pieces to each other, but what comes from that is well beyond my control. Mm -hmm. It's organic. It's very organic. Very much so. Now, it can be influenced. It can be influenced by things in my life. Um, All the essays I write about kids come from the fact that I'm a parent of boys and girls. The um, items I write about working through intrapersonal things, self-growth, probably has some roots in something either I'm working through or more likely that I've worked through 10, 20, 30 years ago. And even this poem that I shared with your listeners, Special Dance, a version of it was written when I was about 18, 19, when I had first met my husband, and thank God we're in our 50s now, so we're married. This year will be 30-year anniversary. 30-year um, oh, and, and, anniversary. <laughs> thank you. And this is the naive little me. I, I mean, I didn't have the language, but I just like artists make pencil sketches before they make paintings, for many years I made word sketches, and I saved them, And now that I'm older and I have a different type of leisure of my time, less structure, I'm not a college student, I'm not a college professor, I've been taking these sketches and and filling them out into full poems and stories and what have you, in addition to things that I just write from scratch now. And and so the, the innocence in this piece, the naivete in this piece comes from my innocence and my naivete at that point in life. You know, a 50-something-year-old woman would not say, you know, our embrace would shield our heart. This would be something a woman would say, you know what, if you just put the toilet seat down half the time and the toothpaste, you <laughs> But yet, all of us middle-aged women have these young women in our souls. This is still part of who we are. History is, is intertwined in who we are present and I and I think that honoring and acknowledging that part of ourselves, no matter how imperfect we might look at ourselves in hindsight as being, is so important to living fully at this point in life.
0: I have a request for you to read Simple Arithmetic, which is on page 40 of the book.
1: Give me a second. Talk to me while we're... Mm-hmm.
0: The um, One of the things that I, I like about this one is, it's, there's well, there's humor in a lot of what you write, but this one I like the humor in it particularly, um, even though it's not an upbeat, you know, funny, happy, happy poem. It, it's deeper than that and layered. Um, as, I mean, you're, really all of it is. And none of your stuff is simple face value and leave it at that. But this, <laughs> I think, is a really nice blending of, you know, the humor to kind of,
1: make the, uh, the the bitter part more palatable. Well, I, I think that's the quirky delight in life, that we have no control. And I have the poem in front of me, that we have no control over what happens to us. We have all of the control of how we respond to life. And right. I probably haven't had more or less growth opportunities, as I call them, than anyone else. Maybe the difference between me and my next neighbor is I'm a word person, so I put my growth opportunities into word packages. Here's some Mm -hmm. more arithmetic. Fleas please more than dogs. Hearing about giraffes necking together in zoos. Gin and tonic shaken stirs up smoky wails of smiles from such pipes otherwise run cold. Potato famines move towns to new coasts. Boating so many families away from children that paternity suits refuse the penthouse. I add your somatic discomfort to mine, subtract a bit for garden type apprehension, then multiply by identifiable stimuli. Perhaps general mood states ought to trickle down the hypocamel more often. Meanwhile, there's always chocolate donuts. So yeah, this this is for us middle aged gals. You've been there, done that, lived it. And and, and and you know, I, I think it's a it's a comparison contrast because there's the innocence of the loose. There's the innocence mm-hmm. of pets, pets, cats, and dogs. Then there's the experimentation that people often do in their teens and 20s, you know, gin, tonics, smoke, pipes. So, I mean, the illusions can go lots of different ways. Then a re-grounding in society, you know, how potato famines could be a reference perhaps to social economic deals, children, families, paternity suits, which could imply divorce, penthouse, which could imply successful being, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. until the end where the woman's saying, you know, we're going to be moody. We're going to respond imperfectly. And in the meantime, there's chocolate donuts. So life happens. It has texture. <laughs> it's not what we expected. And we'll cope, and sometimes we'll cope inelegantly.
0: Mm-hmm. And inelegance is a huge part of the day,
1: isn't it? <laughs> you know what? I'm not walking this path perfectly anytime soon. And and I hope to walk it for a long time before I put some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been away um, from Chocolate for quite some time, so I'm
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about you have so you're you're on a roll, you've got two recent book releases out. One uh poetry collection, Bank Robber's Bad Luck. And also a newer one which is very different but also not so different when you get right down to it. So tell us a little bit about the sweaty things.
1: <laughs> the other one is a of 70 brief fictions called Don't Pet the Sweaty Things. The publisher is Bards and Sages Publishing, known both for speculative fiction, usually dark speculative fiction, and for um, software for for gaming. Um, and again, I had the, the the good blessing to know this publisher through individual works and talked about doing a book. And this book, Don't Pet the Sweaty Things, is actually... Um, part of a quote from a 1950s, 60s uh, comedian, um, Carlin, George Carlin, yeah. um, but it's also the notion that when things go bump in the dark and in life, we might not want to embrace them so closely, maybe from a distance, smile at them, wave at them, but not necessarily pet them. In the, in the cover illustration, on the print version, on the Kindle version, the other electronic versions all have a hedgehog, because hedgehogs are the underbelly of <laughs> Little, Not so nice to touch on the outside So this book says Like the poetry about relationships It's also like a lot of my writings about relationships It says, well, you know Let's anthropomorphize beasts And look at life that way Because it's safer than looking at it directly Where we're kind of squeamish as people But then we'll throw in some stories about people itself Without any symbolism Without any connotation Just here's how people Um Accidentally and sometimes intentionally rough each other up. And then it ends with a collection of 12 stories about Shemara, um who are trying to figure out how to deal in the world of humans and about a human being who's trying to figure out how to be, hmm, I wonder I got this idea, how to be a creative person in a world of um, exacting and insecure folks who, who have thresholds and measurements to shelter them from some of reality. Overall, the book... Is about um, populations, everything from spacelings to anxiety prone rabbits. Um, and it pokes <laughs> some of the occupational hazards, relationship foibles, I never actualized bucket lists that, that we humans experience. But because a lot of it is played out through animals or, or aliens, it seems safer to deal with those issues. So many of mm-hmm. us growing up didn't love our high school or maybe our college English classes, but there was a poem or a story or a novel or something we came across that we really felt validated our teenage angst. And I'm hoping that some of the goodies in this collection can validate some of the experiences readers have or had from libido problems or or economic issues or couch potato hood, what have you. Did you get, um, did any of the,
0: the this pieces in Don't Pet the Sweaty Things originate with uh, stories
1: you made up for your children? Um, Sort of. I I wrote one Shamara story, and my oldest son said, hey, mom, I I can relate to this. And this is a child who goes around (laughs) with imaginary Komodo dragons, so he he likes (laughs) nasty beasties. And uh, he's a boy. That's okay? well, we'll, we'll my gender bias here. Uh, and he said, you know, this is really good. It's fresh. Why don't you write more of this? And I thought, I love my little baby. He's only growing up. A mother can write for a child, right? Right. We know mothers do kinds of things. So if you're a writer, what do you do for kids? You write for them. So I wrote him 11 more stories. And all of them were placed. 11 of them were, were, were published. Um, one the venue died, so can't do anything about that, but they were they're placed in venues like you say around the world individually, and then I brought them together as part of this collection and the stories are freestanding and yet they're arranged chronologically for the characters, read as a whole it's like a novella
0: hmm. so
1: that that particular set of stories I did um write for my older son That's um,
0: pretty cool is he is he proud of that at this point or still a little embarrassed? How does he feel?
1: Well, right now I've started to write a set of stories. Again, most of them that are written, thank God, have been published or accepted for publication about a high school nerd. And one thing the nerd has in his clutches in his little clubhouse in his parents' backyard is a Komodo dragon and her hatchlings. And so my son <laughs> is more interested. <laughs> he's not he's a big 19 people. He's more interested in those that resonate with him more than the the collection I wrote before because Komodo dragons mm. are way cooler than Chimera, Mom. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the artist, the professional artist who was hired through the publisher, did a great job in capturing the feeling. I mean, I squeed as I yeah. the, let's say when I saw the cover on the book because it's just it's, yeah. a, it's a little edgy. It's so, perfect. Um, it's, it's very perfect. It does set the tone quite
0: nicely. I agree with you.
1: But um, readers, but there you can you too can collect all three covers because the publisher and I have fun. There's a beigeish orange cover for the print edition. There's a purplish color, lilac I guess, for the Kindle edition. The other electronic ebook edition has a red cover. So you too can collect all three covers. <laughs>
0: that that is also a very cool feature because you know, art is part of what we do. It's it's not, you know, only when it's incorporated as illustrations, but it is an, an important part of the work itself, whatever is on the cover it engages the reader in a certain way. So I wonder well, if that will give people a different experience with each reading.
1: And Marie, you turned me on to Spark, which is a wonderful collaborative artists and writers. And, Spark and I look is forward so awesome. Yeah. I love. I, I I count the months between opportunities. Readers out there, listeners out there, Spark is a collaborative effort. I guess it's a four time year, and and writers and readers, writers and artists get together and bounce inspiration off each other and then work from each other's either their visual art or from their writing. It's very cool. It's very
0: cool. And sometimes yeah. those are random pairings. Sometimes you can go into it with a partner. And if anyone wants to check that out, it's um, dot G-E-T-S-P-A-R-K-E-D. Org, G E T S P A R K E D. Org. You can find Hannah Greenberg's books um, all over Amazon. You can Google her name and find her work there. Uh, you can find her at Unbound Content. You can find her in a bunch of places. You can find her at Vox Poetica. She had a poem up. You had a poem up there just the other day. Um, it's big, just moved to big the archive page <laughs> now. Oh, uh,
1: um, well you, you you are fabulous. Let me tell you, you are one you, fabulous.
0: Lady. Well, you know what? We we do this all together and um I and I would again not be so fabulous did not have fabulous work to publish like that. And I'm I'm so it makes me happy every time um I get a project like this in my hands. I can't believe how lucky I am to be able to do this. Uh, for talented people like you. I have one more reader, well, one more poem reading request that I would love for you to read for us on the way out the door. And it's ready to synchronize on page 64 of the book. Um, Looking, looking. It's it's
1: another...
0: It's a good one. It's a good one. What can I say? (laughs)
1: I'm on different files and you are so this is going to take oh me a i second.
0: know all right if it's
1: on the pdf it's 66 oh okay. wait wait here it is i'm ready to synchronize sorry folks middle-aged moms <laughs> and technology for this gal i'm not such a great mix okay Okay, ready to synchronize, and again, this is another poem about acceptance, about integration. You've been there, done that, the idealistic, oh, all the boys are calling me, all the boys are giving me flowers, whatever they did in the 60s and 70s when we were young, and then through the 80s, cool, man, I'm woman liberated, I don't need the boys, and then, eh, now we're past 2010, and, you know, the boys are part of our life, and they're not perfect, and we're not perfect, so that's (laughs) essentially. So, ready to synchronize. I'm ready to synchronize, entire orchestras of starfish wanting to blend waves of animal mortality with crystalline victories consigned to door. These lived elusive times our spans-derived depths of brine, tear lakes together in puddles, so magnificent as their aquatic flowers blooming beneath. Only so many meteors might fall until the ocean belches more than it whispers when waved winds acquire depths cats as Don Rains or white seahorses, shapeshifters meant to tweak convention, to distress the requiem of shadowy literary forms forever.
0: And i like, I really do like that, um, the tone in that poem too. I, you know, I could say that about every one of them, but I think it's particularly soothing, that particular
1: piece. Um, What's did- did you catch the last lines? Because there's, there's this is one of these, you know, I put the um, fruit inside the cookie. The last word of each stanza, if you read it together, a door beneath depth forever. Mhm. Ah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. He writers.
0: <laughs> And this is what I'm talking about, that your, your poems are so textured, so layered, and so playful all at the same time. There's so much there to read. You know, it's never as simple as, uh, one read does it you know it, it's really the kind of thing you do want to pour over the words themselves take them apart read each one separately and then put them back together again the way you've got them because um, you know that it was carefully constructed for a reason and it reads that way and yet it's fun and it's not you know it's not it's not work to read your poems it's actually an experience and quite emotional um, as well as intellectual.
1: I'm sorry, I'm only in my 50s. I'm too young to take myself seriously. <laughs> I can't, You know, I, I think sometimes if you read uh, uh, some segment of a person's body of work, you get a sense either of who they are as people, or who they're trying to portray themselves as people. And I'm guessing that my writing says, yeah, I like words, I like ideas, I think people are cool, but me, yeah, I'm just another gal, and that's also cool.
0: <laughs> and, I, you know what, I think that that element of who you are does come through in your work. We, you're a very, you know, it, you make it sound like nothing, but there's a reason I bring up the Jersey thing. You're a very, you are a very self-contained person. You know who you are. You have your opinions. You have the things that you say, and you put it all out there. And you do it in such a way that's engaging and charismatic, and that's always appealing in writing. You know, it's hard to engage in a story where you don't have a sense for the person behind the words. But I think that's never been your problem. <laughs>
1: you just have to watch <laughs> out for those imaginary hedgehogs.
0: <laughs> We're all out of time, so um what I need to do is schedule a time to have you here and we can get a bunch of writers together so that we can all have this ongoing conversation, which really should never end. It's part of what we do, and it it, it energizes us to do so much more. But I do want to thank you for taking time out of your day. It's so much later where you are uh, than it is for me here, Um, and I appreciate that.
1: And I appreciate you making time to have me on your program. I mean, thanks. Thanks.
0: We are going to um, – I'm going to give you guys another reminder to go find uh, K.J. Hannah Greenberg's work out there. It is available on Amazon and it is available at CreateSpace. It is available th- through Unbound Content and Bards and Sages, And just Google it. You'll find it. You will find her work. Um, in the meantime, um, have a wonderful weekend. Um, happy Passover, Connie. I hope it's a blessed event
1: for you. Thanks and um and enjoy all your, your coming holidays and I think in New Jersey there are flowers now coming up through the ground, yeah? They are. They're
0: making me sneeze every day. Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Bye bye. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at
1: ChumbaCasino.com
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you got the-